0: What's up, Gamer? I'm back. Hello and welcome to Gaming Together, Cooperative Comp.
1: Just ten minutes of nothing and then you do that, huh?
0: Glad <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm, I'm not editing up. it. Hello and welcome to Gaming Together, Cooperative Podcast. I'm your host, Philip, and I'm here with my co-op partner, Nate. Each pod, we play through a cooperative experience, And then relate to you, the listener, if this game is the the criminal co-op or something better off playing solo. So this week, dear co-op listeners, we have Tiny Tina's Borderlands, a one-shot adventure. But before we get to that, let me introduce my co-op partner, Nave. Hey, Nave. This is just
1: a weird episode, isn't it? You said you're warming up as if we didn't just get done recording like an hour and a half other podcasts with a, a different show. You want to talk about that?
0: Yeah, uh, well, I was going to put it in our news, but we can do it here. Yeah, like uh, maybe even 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 15 minutes ago, we just spent Hang like one. an hour yeah, yeah. talking to Richard from Desert Island Games. And we had a actually a really good time. We felt some very uh, spicy opinions out. We talked about games that were personally important for each of us. We cried, we laughed, got a little upset. It was a good time.
1: We even argued a little bit. What are they? Have you ever heard us argue on this show before? We've never disagreed a single time. No, we did over there.
0: Yeah. Let's start with the video games and our video game podcast. Nave, what have you been playing?
1: I haven't really been playing anything because Elden Ring's taken up so much of our time. Um, we barely even got to this week's uh, game, which you strangely shouted out right at the beginning. That's never happened before, so I'm a little thrown off by that. But we, I played more Darkest Dungeon. It's a little bit more the same. I barely progressed. I was super drunk last night, and I uh, almost killed everyone and just kind of turned the Xbox off. And then I sat there on the couch for like 10 minutes and went, I'm going to go to sleep before I make more bad decisions. So before I even got to be... I I said I was super drunk, but I wasn't that drunk. Uh, I also played Guardians of the Galaxy a little bit more. That's kind of been my buffer game, but trying to keep me away from Elden Ring so I don't progress too much without Philip, Because I kind of want to like... Play as much of Elden Ring and multiplayer as possible because it's super fun. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy is coming out on Game Pass pretty soon. It it might even be out on Game Pass by the time this episode comes out. So, uh, that's pretty awesome. Philip, yeah. you see my fucking amazing hoodie by the yeah, way. That
0: hoodie is really nice. Great color Isn't scheme. It? It's got all the like little kind of characters and emoji status down the bottom left. Yeah,
1: and then the there's Cowboy silhouettes D-lot. on the right. Looks good. It's fucking sick. It's got it's a sleeve, It's a short sleeve hoodie. It's super weird, and it's only yeah, got it one pocket. That is strange. So it's it's like got the right pocket, but it doesn't have a left pocket, and it's like not centered either. So like here's the middle.
0: Here's, it's like an asymmetric sleeveless hoodie. Oh, it's it so cool. weird. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway, I was gonna bring it up on the last podcast, but I didn't want to derail him too much, and also. We did it in Discord, and so the camera quality... I forget that the camera quality is a lot better in uh, Zencaster. It oh, was like crazy better. dark for all of us on uh, Discord. I think also because Discord is dark, so... And we had it full screen. It was a—it was an interesting time. Yeah.
0: So, Nave, you brought up Elden Ring. I wanted to bring up whenever we start playing later. There's another dungeon right at the beginning because I was just out there collecting flowers and stuff, getting all the resources I needed because... I'm an archer build so far, and I'm always out of arrows. Like, I never have (laughs) arrows. I'm out there just killing the transforming deer and all the little birds and stuff like that. And I found another dungeon right at the beginning area. One that we had missed before Margaret. So I'm like, (gasps) I kind of like peeked my head in. I saw the critters. I'm like, can't wait for Nave to get on so we can beat this.
1: No, dude, we missed so much shit. Because I was trying to coordinate with uh, my friends Dontre and Jesse to help them kill Margaret. Dontre, uh, not Dontre, uh, Christian. All of them, really, but uh, but specifically it was Christian and Jesse, and I was trying to coordinate with Jesse and like get to a bonfire that we both had, but they went off in like a totally different direction than we did. Like they got to the gate and then they just went east, and I was like, "Oh shit, there's a whole bunch of shit over there that I've just never." So I'm like oh, yeah. wandering around in there trying to find these uh, bonfires, for, or you know, I don't remember what they're called. The sites of grace, touch grace. It's a bonfire. But, um, yeah, so. Uh, there's a whole bunch of shit i'm ex- excited to explore. Really what uh what our main thing has been is that the guy from our uh Dark Souls 1 episode, the remastered John Jones, we have been playing a lot of Elden Ring with him and he is playing so much more than we are and he's stuck at a boss that really no one's had so far i guess. It like only the high the 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 very small percentage of really expert Dark Souls players are proceeding pass and he needs help but we're not there yet so he's been kind of like pulling us there just so that he can get to the boss and we can beat it together yeah but um, he might have beat he might have beaten it already but i mean i don't know but there's so much unexplored area like i found my way down into the bottom of that castle and i kind of walked philip through it and i was like oh it's over here you know what i mean like just exploring places because when me and philip aren't playing and i'm not i don't want to play guardians I'll just play Elden Ring and just explore the original areas and just like the places we get dragged through. And there's so much extra awesome content. There's so many different side paths. It's like I was, the one thing I was afraid of with uh, an open world from soft game was that it would just kind of be a watered down version of what makes their games great. But it really, every single area feels like its own dark souls level, but just more and more and more and more. And I'm like, how is this possible? There's no way this can continue like at this rate, at this quality. Yeah, but this apparently we it. haven't even that so in our in our in the uh, Desert Island Games episode we were in, he talked about this part where he opens the door and he's just like, holy shit. And I saw the same reaction from uh, another friend of the podcast, uh, Eric from Game Positive, was tweeting about that moment where he was just like, I thought I would see most of Elder Riga that I opened these doors. And I was like, Oh my god, and I'm just like, I'm so excited to see whatever the fuck they're talking about. But again, speaking of like Twitter, like man, I'm going on and on. I'm sorry, but like no, keep going. One of the best things is like there's this zeitgeist on Twitter with with Elden Ring and it feels like the mass the masses of the population are like hitting the same moments that we are. It's like when we were fighting Margaret, most of Twitter was fighting Margaret. Now everyone's talking about Roderick and we just beat Roderick. So I'm just like, oh I know, I know, I know, you know, and everyone's just like, okay, you know this. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't want to ex- ex- I don't want to explain too much because some people haven't gotten there yet. But it's like oh, it's so fun. And I'm like in the middle of it. I'm like, oh, everyone's like showing clips. of Now they're fighting Roger going, how do you do this? And I'm like, oh, I know how to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Oh my God. Well, it's funny. So like fun. you talk about the zeitgeist, everyone like being on the same stages. It was so weird. Whenever our, we were last playing, we looked at either it was Xbox or Steam achievements where you can kind of gauge where everyone's at on that platform. And it was something crazy. Like, what was, what was the number for Margaret? Was, like,
1: so Margaret was uh. 41% of people that had unlocked that achievement for beating Market. And then for Roderick, it was 23 or 24, something like that. So literally, it was like chopped in half and then chopped into a quarter at the second main boss.
0: Like just on, And that's basic story progression. That's not even like an extremely hard achievement to get. Like you have to hit those story beats. So we are already in the top 23% of people just progressing through the story of Dark Souls 4. I forgot what it's called, Elden Ring, at this point, (laughs) and, I mean, it's weird. It's a weird feeling.
1: It's so fun, though. I highly recommend, Philip, you just make a Twitter account and just follow Elden Ring and just, like, experience this with me, because I'm loving it. I'm loving watching everyone, like, all of the different builds and all of the, like, there's somebody talking about a build similar to yours where he's, like, he's doing bleed, but he's also doing frost at the same time and like how that's like super high dps and then people are like they're like everyone has come to a consensus that this is the best right and then they're like no nah, dude the moonlight's katana and then there's people like no nah, dude you gotta go fucking faith bro and i'm like like well look at all these people's like i'm yeah, so sword will. and shield bro yeah. <laughs> i guess i'm screwing up but
0: bonk boys then, like, aren't the the hottest like, anymore.
1: who's with, who's with me and then people are like dude look at this fucking axe i'm like how do you get that like you have to beat godrick and i was like wait, I just did that. And then I was like, how do you do it? How? Please. And they're like, just go back to the round table and talk to the scary fingers thing. Their door opened up. and I'm like, what? And I went, "Which you can do that, Philip. I don't know if you've done that. But uh, I went not. back and did it. And I was like, I have it. <laughs> like, I just had the axe. And I can't, I'm can't. i not strong enough to use it yet. But I'm just like,
0: soon. Soon. And speaking of soon, great news, Nave. I still have not finished old Dragon Quest Eleven. I am 130 hours into this point and slowing down again i am at a point really weird relationship with this game where i went and i was like rushing to be the final boss i got there hit a brick wall got pushed back forced to do the side quest to level up and stuff while i was doing the side quest i'm like dang this game's still good and i was looking at the achievement list i'm like am i gonna try to 100 this game i started contemplating it like weighing out like should i try to get the 40 achievements beat all the talkers quest? Do the casino challenges. Like, am I, I going to try this? Have you done any achievement hunting in this game?
1: Uh, I attempted it for a little bit, but no. I knew pretty early on. like, Because I frequent the website True Achievements. I, I saw people complaining about it. I was like, okay, I, I'm not going to be able to do this. Like, there's a really handy little area where when you complete the game, you can go on True Achievements and then, like, say like it, approximately how long it you think it takes to complete the game. Let's just go yeah. to Dragon Quest real quick. Uh...
0: How long to beat is listed as 120, and I'm at 130 now. So I'm already behind as far as this game is expecting me to beat it.
1: So the estimations—it's so it's like a chart. So of yeah. people, so most people say it takes about 100 to 120 hours to beat. <laughs> 127 yeah. estimates out of about 500. But that's the peak, and then you know some people are saying it took them as long as 200 plus hours. So, <laughs> sorry, it's a big man. game. But and also, okay. uh, the game itself. I don't know if you're if you're gonna do that. There is a walkthrough for the game. Someone has written. It. I'll I'll link it to you right now in the Discord. But it's so on the walkthrough. If you followed it, like while if you played the game from beginning to end, following it, they say it takes about 130 hours. So it's gonna take you probably about. I would say 50% longer than that <laughs> if God. since you've been playing it by yourself because you're going to have to go back and find stuff. But it's 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 separated into the Act 1, Act 2, Act 3, casino and leveling, crafting and high-level fights, saving the toggles and the in-game and bosses and outfits because uh, you will have to get all of the outfits uh, to get which, an achievement as well. One.
0: I think that one had like a 1.5% get rate or something like that as far as achievements go, which is insane. I don't know if I'm going to go for that at this point i'm ready to just finish the game again I, like i went from i want to play this game for the next you know 15 more hours to yeah. okay i'm ready to i'm ready to end it again
1: like, it but does I, say there are zero missable achievements so i mean this is a game you could, could essentially come back to with your save file and just cuz you can fast right. travel and do all that shit
0: plus you know it has cloud gaming so if i ever just feel like scratching that dragon fairy queen itch again i could just load it up
1: yeah you could do it on your phone i i, I, I was playing it whenever back whenever uh and during, like, the Christmas time, we stayed, like, a week over at my ex's, like, mom's house, and I was just cloud gaming on my phone, just playing Dragon Quest, because I didn't have my Xbox or anything, so I would get bored and just fuck around with that. And it's cool, because it had touchscreen controls, and it all... Yeah, of them, really good. It doesn't say, like, A, B, X, Y. I think it does say that, but it, all, it shows, like, here's the run button, here's the whatever button, you know what I mean? Here's and so,
0: jump, here's map, yeah. Pretty good. And with that, this is where I would do our little Patreon crap, but instead... Go check out Desert Island Games. Don't worry about our Patreon. Just go see that guy. It's basically an uh, interview show where he just sits down with people that are passionate about gaming and asks them, Hey, what kind of games do you want to take to a Deserted Island? Then they'll go through kind of like the popular, like, oh, do you want to bring, what childhood game would you bring? What console would you bring? And then it usually ends with your unpopular gaming opinion. Which hey, do you want to rehash? What your unpopular gaming opinion was?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, it was uh, because it fits right will, in the Elden Ring. Well, it, do you want to spoil? Because so our podcast is going to come out on Friday, and then the Tuesday after that is when their podcast comes out. If you want to spoil it, it's basically or just about. A it's basically uh, not every game is made for you, and it's a my take on the difficulty discussion that always permeates around from software games, which I'm quite tired of. But if you are following us on Twitter, you're aware of that because I have been a little vocal about it. <laughs> so I mean, but yeah, it's it's essentially uh, a five minute rant about difficulty in video games. One thing I forgot to bring up, so it's not going to be in their episode. But I was going to talk about how there was a Sacred Symbols Plus episode about the difficulty argument in video games with a, a disabled gamer, and uh, it's like some, it's like a really big advocate for disabled gamers but he he himself is disabled i can't remember how but he kind of takes it personally when people equate difficulty easy difficulties with being disabled because it's kind of patronizing in a way you know what i mean just to say make this game easier because that person over there doesn't have an arm so that the game needs to be super easy and like trivial in order for him to be able to experience and have fun because he plays like harder games and stuff you know i don't again i don't remember how he's disabled but it's it's kind of an interesting take, and it's something that I never would have – I never considered, and I never it would have – it never would have come to my mind because it's not something that I experience in a day-to-day uh, basis. But it's kind of weird to say that – because it is kind of saying that if you, if you have something wrong with you, then there's no possible way you can play uh, – Elden Ring or Dark Souls because there are people beating Dark Souls on Donkey Kong bongos I mean the Xbox accessibility controller exists like if you really 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 want to overcome that adversity you're just gonna that's just like the only way
0: yeah so there's a little taste of that and my unpopular opinion was that we need movie tie-in games back I want to be able to sit down and when the new the next new uh Disney movie like what was the newest one Encanto with uh, like, it. yeah, Encanto was the newest one, I think. I would love to sit down with my like little daughter and play through the video game adaptation of Encanto, a game about magical family drama. I mean, that could be fun. Like, the, like, you, there's a Ratatouille game. There's Shrek the Third. There's all these great games out there based on movies. Like the, right now, we're doing the Uncharted thing where games are going from games to movies. I want, I want the reverse back.
1: I mean, they were doing it too. Like, I, I mean never mind let's well, not spoil because that's funny because that's a side that's something you didn't mention in the episode too so we didn't spoil anything we spoiled what they were about but both of those talking points that we just said they don't come up in the episode that we were on a desert game so it doesn't matter
0: too much yeah go check it out all right nave this is where you tell me what you bought
1: what you're not going to talk about getting your series x
0: uh, oh yeah, update. I got a new can, Series X. Yeah, you, I talked yeah, about it last week. Into
1: the fucking next gen, just fucking yeah. forgot completely about it. Uh, that's okay. what, when you were like, speaking of soon, I thought you were gonna say that you got your Xbox Series S X already.
0: Yeah, I got the Halo Edition Series X. It's really good. It is very fast. Like more to the point, where like we already talked about, oh, load times are gonna be faster. And I'm like, yeah, they are noticeably faster by minutes. And yeah. what really kind of hooked me is the download times are faster too. Whenever I was installing a game, it was hitting crazy fast download speeds. And I'm Mm. like, well, I'm going to download this 30 gigabyte Dark Souls 4 pretty fast now. And I'm going to be ready ready to play in 11 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, like that was... Like I'm playing Dragon Quest now. And even like just going zone to zone used to take like two minutes of loading screen almost on the old series. Or not the old, the original Xbox One. And now on the Series X, it's maybe 20 seconds, if that. And after that, I'm just like, Well, I don't have time to do anything in these loading screens. Because usually I'd almost like pick up my phone, play some little Dragon Ball Legends. Just do anything on the side. So I don't I don't know, get bored during the loading screens. But kinda hard to do now.
1: I used to do so much phone boning whenever I was on loading screens. It's absolutely none now. I mean Elden Ring has like it's it's noticeable I like Elden Ring loading screens are like Maybe forty seconds long. I'm like, whoa! <laughs> like, I just yeah. like sitting it for forty seconds. Like,
0: the thing is, you it, don't have so loading long. screens between areas in Elden Ring. Like, if you notice, so you're definitely loading a whole cell in that area. Yeah. Like, a, like Breath of the Wild, it had really long loading screens, but that was going from usually a whole section of the map was being loaded to the inside of the shrines. So the loading screens were kind of understood in that game. Once again, the Elden Ring has those understood loading screens. So what are you talking about? Uh, I was gonna ask you what you bought. Now that we talked about what I bought,
1: oh uh, yeah, I literally did not give a shit about anything on sale right now. I mean, uh, that I didn't already own. But uh, like I said, I I bought I got that fifty dollar Xbox reward money thing in the last episode, and I went ahead and used it to get uh, Samurai Warriors Five because those Musou games I never they never really go down in price for some reason. They're like Pokemon Nintendo games, Pokemon specifically. But it's also like I never feel justified to spend 60 bucks on a Musou game. I don't know why. But $10? Fuck yeah, I'll buy a Musou game. So I went ahead and got Samurai Warriors. I was going to get Dynasty Warriors 9, uh, Dynasty Warriors Empires 9, because I, I really love the Empire series for Dynasty Warriors, and Dynasty Warriors is always the Musou game in my heart. But um, there's a ton of negative reviews on Xbox that legitimately scared me off. Like Usually they don't. This time they did. I don't know why in particular, well, I think specifically because I had them both on my wish list, and they were very close to each other, and this one had like two stars on Xbox, and then Samurai Warriors had like four and a half stars, and I'm like okay, well and they and and Samurai Wars came out last year, so it's not even that old, so it's like, oh okay, I'll just get Samurai
0: right. Wars, especially so I always since consider I'm these games familiar with them like warriors games is muso the genre for this i just never Musou.
1: knew so muso is the genre yeah M U M U S U O. I think it is but yeah that so that encapsulates the warriors games but it also encapsulates uh hi, well i guess high warriors is a warriors game huh
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah there there are a lot of different games in this genre but i don't know i don't even know where i learned muso from i just yeah, i'm like hey, that's like that's a cut
0: i did not know like i'm learning some today
1: I don't even know if that's how it's pronounced that's how i pronounce it so
0: (laughs) turns out it's pronounced mussy playing the mussy games
1: or something insane like i had i have a a chinese friend named jack uh that i play magic the gathering with and i was talking about dynasty warriors because i had i used to have a a painting that had chinese characters on it and he was reading it like he could read the whole thing he was like this is essentially it's telling the story of this woman and I was like, holy fuck. And then he started writing in in uh I was gonna say kanji, but it's different for it's different. Chinese characters. Moon, rooms, Mandarin, I, I don't know. But he was like writing and then he was explaining things to me, and I was like, This is awesome. And then I started talking about dinosaurs, and I my favorite character is Cow Cow is how it's spelled. But it's like <laughs> so it's like so su. And I'm like, What? like it's probably it's obviously not, but it's completely different like it's not i would not, and then I pulled up the game and he just started reading names and none of them like the only ones that looked like they were spelled the way they sound were the ones that had like x i some ends stuff after it and I'm like okay yeah I kind of was close on those yeah, I got but there Zell. were a lot of there were a lot of crazy uh pronunciations that I was not expecting
0: is Guan Yu still guan yu
1: yeah, Guan, Guan Yu's super... Like I, I know Guan Yu from Smite, so I knew that that's how he was pronounced. I mean, yeah. I knew him originally from Dynasty Warriors, but he is in Smite. Well, and no. he looks exactly the same.
0: <laughs> we definitely need to play one of the Warriors games at some point, or one of these Musou games.
1: One came out with Games for Gold. So, I think we tried to play it, but we couldn't connect. It was back in the day, when we first yeah, started. Yeah, the hotel internet. And so we could play. It was like one where you were fighting demons. Like, you were playing as Samurai Warriors and Dynasty Warriors characters, and then you were fighting like demons. Like, there was some kind of universal crazy merge.
0: Is a lot of these warrior games too. Like, the characters they they use are all historical based, they're usually based in the Chinese like mythology or legends. I always imagine like the American yeah, like version the of, that. of The
1: Three Kingdoms is a like, where a lot of them are from.
0: I'd play American Warriors, where it's like George Washington and Abraham Lincoln teaming up to, I don't know, fight the Confederacy
1: i don't know i don't know about that i don't think i would play that i thought i thought it was like when assassin's creed 3 came out i was like what's so interesting the american revolution and then i was there and i was like i fucking am so bored (laughs) i hate this it's all interesting this is the shit we learned in history class this is the most uninteresting shit to me maybe it's cool to somebody in fucking france to be like whoa look at the log cabins and shit but i'm just like dude I live in Oklahoma. That's what that's what it looks like here. Like, I, mean, <laughs> I don't want to like, be playing in Oklahoma that much. Uh, I want to escape from Oklahoma,
0: <laughs> break free of our reality. Which, speaking of breaking free, Nave, I think it's time for a break.
1: Already? Oh shit, dude! It's been well. Never mind. It's been no. ten minutes of nothing. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Do, 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 do,
0: do, do, do. Do you need a break or anything?
1: No. Dude, so um, I replied to someone – so someone on our Twitter replied to a tweet, and then I replied to them, and then the tweet they replied to, like, blew up, and so I just keep getting, like, 18 notifications, and it's just a bunch – like, just people replying, because it was like – I don't remember what they were talking about, but they were like, what game shouldn't be open world, and I was just like – Guitar Hero, and then I just went on with yeah. like, whatever Guitar Hero, and I just fucking ran away. But then, like, they just became a discussion underneath. But the, it was the the co op button podcast. But they were like, imagine a Guitar Hero game that you were like playing, like Blues Brothers, just going across the, the America. And then I just went, I take it back, and then I just ran away again. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, but it just became like people are interacting in there, going Guitar Hero doesn't need. Uh, I don't care. Like I was just joking.
0: All right, and we're and back.
1: back. Yeah.
0: So, Nave, our game this week, Borderlands, Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep, a Wonderland's one-shot adventure.
1: That's not a lot of words for one
0: title. I know, right? I'm like, I don't even know what I'm going to put as the title of this episode. But this was developed by the boys, Stray Kite Studios, slash Gearbox Software. I don't know their relationship, but they were listed on the Wikipedia page. And, of course, There's it's a 2K game. more research
1: game. than I did. Yeah, 2K, <laughs> Gearbox, Randy Pitcher, uh,
0: Gross. This was originally released back in November 2021, and you bought this game for me. But, Nave, I have a bamboozle for you. They gave it away on the Epic Store like a month or two back ago, and I grabbed it there as well.
1: I'm not going to play this game on PC.
0: Well, yeah, y- you're Nave. not, I guess. <laughs> so this game is a looter shooter to the highest degree, the definition of looter shooter Borderlands based Schluter, on, if you will yeah based on the store or is this a off of Borderlands 2 or 3
1: this was DLC for Borderlands 2
0: okay See, I am so confused on my Borderlands lore at this point I thought I knew but then playing this I'm like I don't remember any of these characters like I remember <laughs> the characters but I don't remember all the the drama
1: I can't a hundred percent remember, but so when we played through this, I didn't know it was DLC. But the further I got, the more I realized I'd already experienced this before. But um, I there was a Borderlands 2 DLC that came out like years after Borderlands 2, and it was supposed it was like when Borderlands 3 was coming out. And I don't remember if it was this or if it was something else specifically. But so that's there's a lot of like confusion going on with both yeah. of us.
0: Uh, because honestly I didn't know what this game was supposed to be because I'm like I thought it was DLC but it also came out literally as a standalone like almost like an arcade title back when arca- arcade titles were a thing because you don't need the original game to play this you can just yeah play it all the way through
1: well I, I think specifically since they're making this spinoff it's own like they're making this DLC basically into its own full-fledged like game that's coming out this month Philip at the end March 25th Whoa. I think How but timely um, How timely. Not on purpose, but (laughs) it happened this way. Um, Yeah, I think they decided it would be a good idea to just kind of rip that one part of the game out, slap it down into its own little uh, solitary experience. And it's kind of neat because in Borderlands, when you level up, usually you get one point uh, to put into your character, your little skill tree. You actually get two points every time you level up, so it kind of cuts the grind in half. So by the time we got about halfway through the game, we became incredibly strong. <laughs> like we were like, yeah. woo! we were fucking running through people.
0: Like it is a full on one shot campaign that you could do in one sitting. We did not because we have jobs, but I don't know. Like it was, it was so refreshing that like, maybe it's just cause I've been saturated with long games recently where I've been playing dragon quest, final fantasy 13, Elden ring, these meaty, epic long games to sit down and play Dragon Quest and finish it in two nights, not Dragon Quest. Why <laughs> sit down and play Borderlands? And it's a it dream. It just felt so relieving, almost like it was just thank God. Like it's refreshing.
1: Yeah, and it was a nice little story too. I mean, it wasn't horrible. It was something that you were actively paying attention to. I noticed.
0: Oh yeah, I was into it. Like they had me hooked as soon as like like there was the opening cutscene where they basically summed up. The, all old the story of Borderlands 2 and I was like cool I don't really remember this let's play the game and they dropped into the game and the whole premise is everyone is in a bunker uh, they're about to go out and go on a mission but they have to wait for something to get done I don't remember what it is and so they were going to play a game to keep everyone distracted while they eventually get to go do the mission so we have uh, is it Lilith Brick Mordecai and Tina tiny Tina tiny Tina And they all sit around a table and they play a game of Dungeons and Dragons or in their game. Bunkers
1: and badasses.
0: Yeah, because they're badasses in a bunker. And that's what they do. And it was very cute. They said all the words like they were rolling for Nat 20s and they had character classes and character sheets. And Brick's like dibs on being the siren and he like grabs a figurine that looks just like Lilith. He's like, because she's the most beautiful or something like
1: that. Well, it you wasn't Lilith. It was uh it was the Borderlands 2 Siren. Oh, Angel? So, uh, in, in, it's the Borderlands 1 characters playing at like playing D&D as the Borderlands 2 characters in the Borderlands 2 DLC. There's a lot of meta shit going yeah. on.
0: It was it was great. Very very cute, very fun. And uh, one thing I did not remember at all is that Roland, basically the the poster boy, the main character dude of Borderlands 1, they highlight how he just died in the second game. They're like Roland's dead, and we're like, oh, that is the subtext for the whole game: is that this game is an escape for the characters, specifically Tina, not to acknowledge that Roland is dead and everyone needs to move on and live their lives. It's actually a little I, sad. Yeah, I did not <laughs> see that coming. Like this is supposed to be a fun DLC dragon poop you adventure, like adventure, and then she's like, like you're playing the game. And you get a weird, creepy feeling as she's like, you come around the corner and you see a handsome, glorious knight and it's Roland and you look over and it's Roland and he's like, what's up, players? And he's like, like, (laughs) Roland doesn't talk like that. First off, because Roland's very proper and military, but he's like, he does when he's voiced by Tina.
1: Yeah. Well, the whole time they're like, oh, we're going to do a bot. Tina's like, we're going to do a boss battle. Let's wait for Roland. And everyone's just like, hey, you know you need to stop doing this because Roland's dead and Roland's not coming. And she just like cuts the off. She's like, all right, well, I guess we're doing the boss battle right now. Let's fucking go. And then, you know, the <laughs> boss fight, but um, yeah, it, it it kind of hits, hits a no at the end where everything is like, I don't know. Just, it surprisingly struck me right in the heart. It was very, it yeah. was very, because tiny like, Tina is a child character and, and, and she's portrayed, in a very childlike manner. And so it makes it even more kind of upsetting whenever you watch her finally like slowly get around to acknowledging that this horrible thing had happened to them.
0: Almost to a point like, okay, this is like, we'll get to more game mechanics later, but we're already on story beats and there's one scene near the end specifically where you have fought all the way up the dragon's keep to defeat the evil sorcerer, which is handsome Jack. And you're all ready to go, dude. You have Roland backing you up through some kind of unknown attack. Roland's about to get shot in the back. And then out of nowhere, the bird, Bloodwing, shows up to like deflect the bullet. And I'm yeah. like Because they also highlight that Bloodwing died in in the yeah. same in the same zone. And they're like, Oh my god, Bloodwing's here. And everyone's like, Yeah. It, yeah, it well, from-
1: Bloodwing specifically was Mordecai's pet in the whole first game. It was like his ability was to use Bloodwing to attack and go get ammo and stuff. And yeah, it's it's really cool because Mordecai, me and Philip both liked Mordecai a lot in the first yeah, game.
0: That was that was a lens I was looking through. It's like the bird was he was your secondary weapon. Like of course your primary weapons are your guns, your actual weapons. But every time you had that bird, you were using your bird. You're like, Hey, go do that. Like it was the other part of your character.
1: So, and then uh, the princess was uh, just a th- – so there was just a throwaway joke in the second game that – it was a recurring joke, but it was still kind of a throwaway joke where there was a – Handsome Jack bought you guys a pony, and it was made of diamonds, and they named it Butt Stallion. and it But it was – I guess they loved it so much that it not only comes back in this game, but it also comes back in Tales of the Borderlands. Butt Stallion is in there as well. So this game is so really funny. Good joke. Yeah. But yeah, so this whole time, there's a beautiful princess who's the finest in the land and everything, yada, yada, you know. And it's something a kid would come up with. And you're expecting it to be Tina, and at the end, it's Butt Stallion as the princess. Yeah. (laughs) Just walking around farting money.
0: (laughs) God. God, The story, this game, I don't want to say like masterpiece, because of course, you know, it is kind of rough. There was a, a lot of weird graphical issues. There were collision points that were just kind of horseshoed in. This game didn't have a crazy amount of polish. It definitely just felt like an asset flip of Borderlands 2. But the way they framed it with the story was just written so well. And the dialogue is all there. And all the character interactions are just perfect. Where, like, there's was it Salvatore or Salvatore? the dwarf? Salvador. Salvador, that's it. Salvador, who is the gunzerker, is also like, I think he's the only all the like, dwarves. Yeah, he's all the dwarves are all his character model. They're just all the dwarves and with beards like, and hey, shit. Is it, yeah. is it racist that all the dwarves look the same and they're all you know, Salvador? And then Tina literally yells upstairs to Salvador. and he's While like,
1: you're running around shooting them playing the game, this is like yeah. audio
0: happening in the background. He's like, hey, Salvador, you care if I make all the dwarves look like you? And he's like, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like from the other room. And I'm like, he's like, no, he's cool. I'm like, okay. As someone that's played Dungeons and Dragons before, they hit it so well with all the Dungeons and Dragons references, because you think that'd be kind of cheap almost. Like, uh, huh, huh, they're making dice rolling jokes, whatever. It hit me so good. Like, I didn't feel like patronized to you or anything like that. There were so many points where they're like, Okay, we gotta go up there and we gotta I wanna talk to the dwarf king. And it's like, hold on, you got to roll to see who gets to talk to him. because everyone wanted to talk to him. And Brick's like, I got a natural twenty, and they're like, Oh no! Rick. And Brick's like, I punch him
1: in the face, and then it starts a war between you and the dwarves. You know, you want to
0: tell how it play,
1: how it pays off?
0: Well, first off, the second you do it, you get a phone call or a wizard transmission from Handsome Jack, the evil sorcerer, and he's like, Wow, you guys pissed off the dwarves. How'd you even do that?
1: like why you guys suck you guys are idiots bye bye now good luck
0: (laughs) like why did you even have like so much of this game is played for laughs and i am in it all the way all these little audio cues and nuggets that just get shout out from all these characters across the franchise are just there to make you laugh like it's almost like the random family guy humor but i don't know i like it it's good well
1: what's great about it is that there are parts that it's obviously not improv but it seems like improv like where uh torg randomly calls tita and he's like i want to be in your video game and he's like oh okay well i'll write you in and it, so there was a guy who's gonna let us in the graveyard and he was about to do it and they're like okay now it's torg and torg was like you need to go blow up those blips over there and they're like but that's how they look out for danger he's like i don't care set him on fire <laughs> and you just run out there and do that well they write in that role and was in one of those blimps, right? And so since Rollie never shows up, when you do find him, he's just like, "Yeah, I was in that blimp that fucking fell out of the sky for no reason." <laughs> and and yeah. then stop Torg shows up. Sorry about that, because <laughs> everyone was screaming at about it. Who he inevitably he keeps sending you on badass adventures, you know, quotes, but then yeah. just dumb fetch quests every time. And then they're <laughs> like, "All right, we're done with Torg," and he, he's like, "All right, Torg, you're in the stocks," and he's like, "That's awesome! <laughs> it's great." And Gosh. then he gives you a, a mission from the stocks.
0: So there's just so many, like I said, it was unpolished and yeah, maybe the gameplay and like the main mechanics are a little unpolished. The level design. God, and some of the puzzles, like the stupid puzzle box thing that we spent, I don't know, 15 oh minutes <laughs> working on this one puzzle.
1: And the solution was just to shoot it until it broke. (laughs) It was like doing a little Simon Says thing, and we were taking it seriously. And then eventually I shot it, and it was like 133 damage. And so I was just like, I'm just going to keep shooting this. And then Philip eventually ran up and punched it, and it broke into a million pieces. And then they mentioned it in the the dialogue. They're like, is that supposed to be how we solved it? And Tina's just like, I don't know. Yeah, sure.
0: (laughs) Which she had all the telltale signs of a dungeon master that didn't have anything planned because it was just a badass adventure and there's so many points where you go over and you find an like an old wizard and he's like if you solve my riddle you can complete this quest what and he gives you like a very arbitrary sounding riddle that just doesn't seem to have an answer and how do we solve it um, uh, you
1: it, you had to roll to see if you had the insight to know what the answer was, and then a giant D20 falls from the sky and crushes the wizard, and it's yeah. because Brick apparently threw the D20 directly at the piece and broke it, <laughs> and so they're just like, ah, that, that happened, I guess. And yeah. then they're like, what was the answer to the riddle? And T's like, I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because she's done mastering, she
1: she specifically says about halfway through the game, like things start kind of going off the rails, and she's just like, "I don't know, I'm sorry, I didn't think you guys would get this far in one sitting." (laughs) And I'm like, "That sounds like something that would happen in D and D."
0: Yeah, and that's what it feels like. So much to the point where, like, even she's running the game, and Lilith, the siren, is literally like rules lawyering her while they're playing at the same time. (laughs) Where it's like the first boss encounter, they're like. She's like, I oh, a great unkillable fire breathing dragon comes in and starts to kill you all. And then it kills you all. And it looks like you can't do that. The rules say that like, you can't have <laughs> a unkillable boss on the on first level. Like that doesn't you can't play like that. That's not how the game works. And she's like, oh, fine. It's this guy. And then like a gremlin with a machete runs out or something like that. Or it's like a tiny midget skeleton. I don't remember what the monster was.
1: Yeah, she it's said perfect. its name. It, it did the joke mo- a couple times where she would say something really dumb, and then a monster would come out, and that was its name. <laughs> it would just be a really yeah. stupid name. But um, yeah, it, it's that that humor. It's the game is short enough to where it never overstays its welcome. Like I said, it happens a few times, but I mean the game is only like five hours long, maybe if you're like playing through it, like we did. We did a handful of side quests. Most of the time, we would be like. Does that sound fun? Because we wanted to get back to this. The the context around this game is we wanted to get back to Elden Ring as soon as possible. (laughs) We've been trying to play Elden Ring. Get as much
0: time in. But. And this game is uh, Borderlands in a fantasy setting. So there's like knights and paladins and evil skeletons. And there's so many times where we're just shooting skeletons and like, you know what this reminds me of? (laughs) Elden Ring. Remember the skeletons in Elden Ring? (laughs)
1: Well, one thing I remember is like when we first start playing. Like, okay, so our very last episode, right? Our very last episode, we had the one H one D. I mean, not one H one D. We had a game. uh, Fuck, I'm saying a hundred different podcasts. We had the play along guys on on the last episode, and one thing they said when uh because jared is playing dark souls one is he went to the catacombs and got destroyed by the skeletons like a lot of people did because they're accessible from like the first bonfire or the first main bonfire so it's like he was like skeletons seem like a level one enemy right a low level enemy well skeletons are the first thing you fight in this game (laughs) and that was whenever i was like because tina calls them skelly mans and i call them skelly mans sometimes just because I think that's funny That's a funny thing to call them. But when she did that, I was like, "Are there skeletons in Borderlands? Like, why?" I was like, "I call them mans. Why would I know that?" And that was like the first like memory that came back to me where I was like, "I think I've played this before." <laughs> like, yeah, just multiple times happened. When we both started. The game.
0: It, we were like, "Yeah, neither of us has played this, so this will be a good discussion point." But then as we were playing, you're like, your memories returning to you. you're like, "Yeah, I remember this. I remember this too." And then you're like up here there's a there's a reference to something, and then we go up there, and it's like, "make yeah. face" or something like that, and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, make shooty face." He asks you to shoot him in the face. That's yeah. his whole thing.
1: It, the 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 admission objectives that pop up, it says shoot this guy in the face, and then there's a complete there's three completed ones already that says, "but not in the arm, but not in the chest, but not in the legs." <laughs> it's fucking awesome.
0: Which there were so many missions that were references to, like other properties one we one we did do as as a side quest was the dark souls one where you find yeah. the crestfallen warrior or something like that which is a reference to the crestfallen knight in dark souls one and he's like man you know uh some noob invaded me and took my souls or something like that and then as you're talking to him you get invaded by the same guy and <laughs> his name is like noob crusher 49 or something like that yeah like, oh no it's noob crusher and you, you have to have go to,
1: light the bonfires first, though.
0: Oh, yeah, my bad. You have to go relight all the bonfires in the area while fighting skeletons that keep coming back to life unless you kill the necromancers. God, it's so good. Like, you know, it's hard to say, like, parody games need to exist, but it's hard to find a good parody game. But this one's doing it for me.
1: It really is hitting on the notes where we, well, we've been talking about wanting to do Dungeons and Dragons for, like, quite a while now. I've been actively kind of searching for a group too, like a real life Dungeons and Dragons group. But it's kind of fun to like live a little vicariously through this video game that it's obviously trying to emulate what it's like through the lens of a first-person shooter. It's like there's like like I said, there's a lot of meta shit happening, and uh, there's like levels within levels within levels. But it's like it's also just very dumb and simple and yeah, just my kind of fucking video game. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean you can play this whole straight straight through as just a first person shooter. But putting it in the context that it is, which is a DLC spin-off game of a first person shooter who's almost aping RPGs and tabletop RPGs to like take a step further. It almost feels like the Saints Row level of insanity that is it feels good in a world where most games seem to be these AAA supposedly hyper-polisher-designed games for there to be this guy basically just doing a guitar solo in the corner going like, hey, this sounds pretty cool. And I'm like, that does sound pretty cool. I think I'll come over and give it a listen. So let's talk about the mechanic's nave. You already touched on how we actually level up faster in this game than we would in the normal game. You do start out at base level, but you earn badass tokens, levels, your abilities. You get them really fast incredibly fast so much so that i was like i remember you have to hit like level 10 in the normal game before you even get to use your ultimate ability i think, think Oh, like yeah, you got level
1: five you instantly get it yeah. yeah
0: it's like you're already able to do it and it had the dlc characters that was tina is it tina the macromancer no
1: tina's not the macromancer i can't remember what the macromancer's name is but yeah it, the both of the borderlands two dlc the the uh psycho and the macromancer make their appearance and that's who we played as
0: yeah, I was Craig the Mancer, the Macromancer. No, the Craig the Psycho. My bad.
1: Craig. Craig. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the other guy's name. The The chick. I I forget what I even named her. I named her something stupid. I always name my character something stupid.
0: So, Craig the Psycho. I had not played his class before, and it is pretty much just Brick from the first game, where his ability as he goes into a rage mode and starts punching things was not very good because he also has an ability where... It increases his punching damage by like three hundred percent, which is really good. But he has like a ten to twelve percent chance of hitting himself in confusion. <laughs> and that confusion thing happened so many times. Oh my god! It, it's not like oh yeah, just take damage, and I move on. No, he does a full animation of stopping, hitting himself. You get a flashbang on your screen, and then <laughs> you're able to move again. You're I didn't like, even know oh. that. Yeah, it was a nightmare. 'Cause I'm meleeing constantly. Because that was like my strongest move. It was better than my guns was meleeing and getting that damage in.
1: Meanwhile, my ability was to summon a giant robot that fucking murdered everything. So Philip was, so was running good. around killing stuff, and I would just be AFK on Twitter, just scrolling on my phone while my robot killed everything and I was getting more experience than Philip because I was getting the killing blows. Like Philip would go down and my robot would annihilate everything in the room and Philip was just like yep, because I'm going to die again. <laughs> because he just couldn't kill anything my robot blew everything up.
0: Which my character also had an interesting mechanic in uh, his death thing where if you died or something like that, I could go over and trade places with you so you would be alive and I would be dying. But when I'm dying, I can still move at full speed and I throw dynamite and then I suicide bomb at the end. And if I kill anything in that state, of course, you come back. But I don't have an option of picking you up normally, or at least I didn't figure out a way to do it normally. So it would just be like, you go down and I'm like, I'm on my way. And then I go down instantly as I pick you up, which I don't know if it was that useful, but it was definitely funny.
1: Yeah. I mean, they definitely leaned into it with him. I think they probably made the Mecromancer a little OP to counterbalance that because <laughs> the Mecromancer was very strong. Like one oh, yeah. of the 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 ultimate you have three skill trees and there's like an ultimate ability at the bottom. All of the Mecromancers are very uninteresting. But the one I went with was it gave my robot my shield. So if it when it lost its shield, all the shields do stuff whenever they go out. Like all of the good ones. Yeah. And uh so if you had a Nova shield, the moment the shield ran out, it would just blow up and fucking destroy everything around him. And so it just made my guide that much more deadly. It's just insane. And then I had another ability where every time me or the robot killed something, it extended his time by, like, 15 or 20 seconds. So I would activate them at the beginning of a level, and then we would walk to the end of the level, and I would still have that one activation. Like, it would kill everything.
0: Yeah, I mean, the classes were really good. Uh, We didn't get a chance to try the other four classes, but I assume they're still good. It's like Gunzerker, Siren, normal stuff.
1: Yeah, Axton... I don't remember what his class is called, but he's like the soldier dude. And then there's uh, the Siren. Did you say the Siren already? Yeah, we did the Siren. Who's the last one? Uh, oh, it's insertion? Zero. It's Zero, the assassin.
0: Oh, yeah, the ninja.
1: I don't know why, but I always think Zero, the assassin, from Borderlands 1. But he's from 2. Yeah.
0: yeah, I never played as him. It always felt weird.
1: Yeah, but it, that was always Victor's thing. Victor from our League of Legends episode.
0: And our Borderlands episode.
1: Oh yeah, we also talked about Borderlands together, huh?
0: Yeah, we did. Alright, do you have any more discussion points? I feel like we're moving pretty quick this episode.
1: Yeah, we are. Uh, not really. The game is very short. Like, we needed something short so that we could keep playing Elden Ring. We were running out of time, by the way. Like, it was like Thursday when we made this call and it's Sunday now. We were like, there was no way we were going to be able to play like like uh, another A Way Out or something, you know? Like, we couldn't yeah. do that.
0: Another thing that... Really, kind of got me about this game uh. was how good it worked because the game we tried to play before this, this was not our first pick, was Rubber Bandits, and it had a weird problem with us trying to like join in, and it w- it made two of me whenever I joined in, like I had a guest account logged in and I didn't, like so annoying, and we ended well, up getting soft locked is- while we no, playing on. it. Yeah, so we were like, we did so many levels, we did like five or ten levels working our way through the game. And then it got to a point where there was this level where there weren't any cops or we killed all the cops or something like that. You're like, we just got to get to the getaway. Well, my guest character that I don't have control over is just standing there. And we, me and Dave both get on the getaway vehicle and get away. And the guest is just standing there. And there were, there's no timer. There's no cops spawning. They're like, we literally can't do anything. Like we can't even pause and hit restart. Like that was an option. So rubber bandits poo, poo on you. Two game puh,
1: puh, spit in your direction <laughs> yeah
0: but the game is really fun I, I like uh maybe we'll do an episode on it later but i recommend it you, you want to talk about yeah <laughs>
1: all right yeah we fucking really we, we talked about everything already
0: oh one one thing we didn't talk about is in this game there's loot boxes that you literally roll dice on to open them up and we went through the whole game rolling on these things. And then finally right near the end Nave rolls a nat 20 and gets a super awesome rocket launcher. How was that rocket launcher Nave?
1: It was fucking super awesome, dog. I don't know how you get rocket launcher ammo, so I would always just use it all and like fuck it fuck everything up but then I just didn't until the next uh uh purchase place. I would just never get ammo ever again, so
0: like part of me had that little like min max the hitch where i'm like maybe we should keep playing and hit max level and complete all the quests but then i look over and i see elden ring waiting to be resumed yeah this game really kind of this this game has suffered because elden ring was uh waiting for us in the wings
1: but the great thing is is that uh like we were saying before at the beginning the full-fledged game based on this dlc is coming out later this month uh if you're listening to this current day and I'm really excited to play through that. Like that is going to be an awesome experience. I think. Like if it is, if this is any indicative of what the follow the finished product is going to be, especially if there's new classes. Like if it's going to be new classes, but it's going to be old characters playing as the new classes. Like that sounds fucking great.
0: Yeah, that'd be pretty wild.
1: Especially, you know, like the optimum thing would be if there's. I think there's only probably going to be four. And there's probably going to be, like, if there's anything like the other games, there's going to be DLC characters related on the line. But I hope there's, like, five or six, maybe even seven, like, kind of, like, spanning the D&D, like, generic archetypes.
0: Oh, yeah, like, that'd be cool. But
1: but each character, like, so, doesn't matter who you played, like, all the dialogue played out the same. But if there were small little, like, uh, switch-in, switch-out little voice lines where, like, if I picked the borderlands equivalent of the soldier then uh axton was vo- was pretending to play like i was essentially p- picking axton playing another character right okay like an extra you know character what, I, what I mean yeah okay. so the next time i played through it i could if i picked like the equivalent of the like the psycho then it would be craig voicing craig playing the psycho playing dnd you know what i mean
0: yeah I don't know if it's going to be that deep, but it would be cool. I got it, but I mean,
1: I didn't expect cuz there were meta things where it's like you uh it's like uh you talk to this person to get the quest and then the necromancer, which this is something that always happens in Borderlands, but like depending on what character class you are, then you have whoever interacted with the NPC, you'll hear their dialogue at them. So it's like something similar to that, just one more level of that where and it would be easier even because it would there wouldn't be any like cross like cross code it would just be this accident playing the soldier playing that so it would literally just be the same thing but paying twice as many voice actors so maybe not Yeah,
0: probably price. yeah it sounds like a lot more dialogue with that i think it's time to take our break and go to our final words and we're well, back All right, Nave, would you like to go first or you want me to take this for our final words on Borderlands, Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep, one-shot adventure? You can do it. All right. So I was actually kind of surprised by this game. Like, I knew I enjoyed Borderlands games and games like Borderlands, but from our first encounter in the game where they started dropping all this vernacular that was just common to tabletop role-playing games, And it's all through the lens of these characters. I honestly had forgotten about all these Borderlands characters like Tiny Tina and Brick, all these fantastic characters. It almost felt like a take on a TV show where they had a, you know, this is the Dungeons and Dragons episode, but for a video game. And I loved it. Like, it was really good. I already planned on asking Jana to play through it with just me and her, like, we'd make new characters and play through like i think we'd have a good time so i definitely recommend this it was free a while back since then i think it's like ten dollars maybe either buy it or just wait a little bit and be on the lookout for the, the new game when it comes out i expect the same quality to be available there the game
1: yeah i think it's pretty cheap since it's so short it's like literally the dlc did borderlands 2 but it's like also always on sale when i bought it for philip when i bought it for myself i bought it months ago and i bought it on sale for like six bucks and then i bought when i bought it for philip it was like 4.99 so it is like constantly going on sale and i assume it will maybe go on sale one more time before the new game drops so there's probably it's probably gonna be on sale the next like the week after our this episode comes out that's my that's my uh big brain prediction
0: well what's your final words what's your take
1: uh my final words are uh borderlands 2 is the best borderlands um this is more of that if you like Borderlands, you're going to love this. If you like Dungeons & Dragons, you're going to get all the references, almost all of them. They're gonna, there's a lot of like silly side quests to do. There's a little bit of busy work, but the game is incredibly short. It's very digestible. If you're looking for something to beat over the weekend, this is easily that. We beat it in two sittings. It was really a sitting and a half. It's... Uh it's very cute and there is replayability if you want that in the game because of the multiple character classes like I said before the the different dialogue that each character brings to the table um everyone has their own unique personalities that's kind of a uh Borderlands staple yeah I'm really looking forward to the uh the full product that's coming out
0: You know at one point we didn't talk about were the badass levels which these are levels that you get just for playing the game and doing certain things in the game. Usually it's little stuff like fire so many bullets. Like you fire 5,000 bullets and you'll get a badass yeah. point. And then you can spin that. And for now on, for all your characters, even the new characters you just now created, they now do 1% more damage with their guns. And it kind of like scales down a little bit. But I love that in games. Like I feel like I want more of that. Like give me, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a game. Permanent where buffs. That, yeah, permanent buffs that go across characters in RPGs. They already well, have that, in like World of Warcraft. I know.
1: Well, what I was thinking of was uh, there's a lot of indie games like that, especially in like the roguelike genre. But yeah, the game I, I was that. thinking of was uh, I think it's called A Hundred Million. Do you know what game I'm talking about?
0: No, I don't know what that is. It's
1: literally just a like a kind of uh bejeweled puzzle game, like a sliding puzzle. You should play this. I think it's ten million or a hundred million. But the the whole thing is that you want to get like like whatever the number is in the title it is that amount of gold that's how much or like that amount of experience or something like that's what the goal is the end game but the you play this game and at first you're terrible but you're slowly getting wood and stone and like gold and you're getting all of this stuff so that you can upgrade your character during this puzzle game and uh like you get they're all permanent buffs so it's like you now have the level three sword. Now you have the level two shield and you know, you have the level five armor. And so you're slowly getting better and better. So each run you're getting further and further along this dungeon. Uh, it, it's like, I don't know. It's a really awesome indie game and it's always on sale for like 99 cents. It's probably a humble bundle material. So you probably, if you bought um, a bunch of humble bundles, you probably already have this game already. I'm let me Google it. Cause I'm pretty sure it's called 10 million or something like that. It's just a big number. Oh, here it is. Uh, sh- there's no, there is no comma, so I'm gonna have to count. One, two, three, four, five, six. It is ten million. Hybrid oh. puzzle role-playing game.
0: I mean, that sounds pretty cool,
1: dude. It's re- you would love this. Like, this is an amazing game to just play over an extended period of time. Here's the wiki page. Uh, right, yeah.
0: I'll take a look at it.
1: And it shows like screenshots of it and stuff. But yeah, so <laughs> basically, there are a bunch of different tiles, and you just have to match three and you know if you match more than whatever but you get you can either get uh, a sword which is physical attack you have wands which does magic attack then you have keys that open up locks which can either be for doors or treasure chests and then you have shields that give you shield you have rocks give you rock wood gives you wood the there's a backpack that gives you items that you can use in the one run that you get that you lose if you die and the whole game is like there's no health so uh you're your little, As you're playing on the puzzle plane, you're, you have a little dude up there running like constantly to the right, and uh, if you fall off the left side of the screen, then you lose, and you have okay, to restart yeah. the run. And so the enemies, they hit you, and you you just move further to the left. And so every time you hit an obstacle, you stop, so it's a charter chest, a door, a char- an enemy, whatever – and so, like, that's what you're doing, guys. You're playing the puzzle game. You're just glancing up at the top and seeing what's coming so that you can see an enemy. You're just waiting to, like, use your magic. You're like, I have, like, six little magics lined up right here. I'm going to blow this motherfucker away. <laughs> it's really addicting, actually. And, it, again, it's like that rogue-like mentality of just one more run, one more run.
0: It actually sounds really good.
1: Yeah. And it's right. super cheap.
0: Dave, let's talk about our mailer feedback this week. We have mailer feedback? Yeah. Where'd go? we got a message from to me. our friend of the pod jacob
1: oh never mind this is not news to me
0: <laughs> oh yeah uh, for last week's episode featuring uh playlong pod he said this new podcast episode is fantastic you and phil bounce off those two in a fantastic way well maybe we can get them back and we can bounce off each other some more
1: giggity giggity goo
0: thank you jacob so, Nave, what are we talking about next week?
1: Maybe Elden Ring.
0: <laughs> All right, but what are we going to do when we don't finish Elden Ring?
1: Uh, You know, I don't know. I mean, it's got to be something short again, but...
0: Rubber Bandits Part 2?
1: I mean, we could try. On the Series it. X. On the Series X, it. maybe that was Better the problem. Graphics. Yeah, dude. I'm surprised we didn't talk about the Desert Island. We talked about everything but how beautiful games are on the, on the console. But well,
0: anyway. the thing is, like... You know, graphics aren't a crazy big deal to me personally. Like, I I love a good looking game, you know, but it's like the the quality of life changes are just so much better. The load times, yeah, like the crashing, <laughs> the the sound of the lawnmower starting up whenever it loads a game.
1: My PC. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Do you have anything left for our listeners before we let them go?
1: Go listen to last podcast on the left. It's a good show.
0: But we are not affiliated with them in any way.
1: I wish we were. That would be fucking great.
0: All right. Thanks for joining us, co Partners. Maybe we can all go roll some dice and be badasses together next time.
1: Roll for initiative, suckas!